Hi, it's Laura Dickinson from Phineas and Ferb, and you're listening to Stories of the Magic. Welcome to Stories of the Magic, an unofficial Disney podcast with your host, Randy Crane. Hear stories from Disney cast members, Imagineers, artists, and more right here on Stories of the Magic. And now, here's your host, Randy Crane. Welcome to Episode 84 of Stories of the Magic. I'm Randy, your host. Thank you for joining me. In this episode, I get to share with you an interview I'd been very much looking forward to. Visual development artist, illustrator, and author Claire Keane. That name may sound familiar to you, and you'll find out why very soon. We didn't have a ton of time, but I think we made good use of what we did. If you want to hear more from Claire, let us know in the comments on the website or on Facebook, or tweet me and we'll see what we can do to schedule a follow-up. I've tried to avoid having much of a gap after this episode, but it looks like there's going to be a longer one than I wanted anyway. I'm preparing this episode 10 days or so before it's released, because my wife and I are expecting our first child, due April 7th. In fact, by the time you hear this, we may have already had our little girl. I wasn't able to line up as many interviews to have a backlog as I'd hoped, but as soon and as frequently as I can, I'll get new episodes up for you. Now, in this episode, Claire talks about what a visual development artist does, how she began working for Walt Disney Feature Animation, working on her first project at Disney, Tangled, why she loved working on that film and how hard it was when it was done, what it was like working with her dad, Glenn Keane, on Tangled, the relationship between visual development artists and character animators, the inspiration for Rapunzel's murals, conceptualizing the relationship between Anna and Elsa in Frozen, how her work on Tangled inspired her new book, Once Upon a Cloud, what Once Upon a Cloud is about and why she wrote it, how creating this book influenced the way she looks at the world, her advice to you for following your dreams, and of course, shameless plug time. Now a brief word from a fellow podcaster and friend, and then it's time to turn the page and begin this story. Have you ever experienced uncontrollable bouts of geekdom? If so, the Anomaly podcast may be right for you. In clinical studies, Anomaly's interviews, convention reports, commentary on geek culture, games, sci-fi and fantasy television, literature, and film provided a feeling of fullness while promoting health for optimal geekiness. The Anomaly podcast is not suitable for all people. Only geekily active cool chicks with a healthy sense of humor should listen. Geekily active cool guys should listen, too. Anomaly has resulted in sudden fits of squee. Broad smiles may appear without warning and could become permanent. The most common side effects of Anomaly are unconsciously joining in the Gamma Quadrant golf clap, out loud, at work, to the amusement of co-workers, and attempting to interject opinions aloud to hosts who can't hear the listener. But in all cases, the benefits outweigh the risks. Ask your anomaly if you're healthy enough for entertainment of this caliber. You don't need a doctor's messy handwriting to obtain a free subscription. Anomaly is available over-the-counter at Stitcher Radio and in the iTunes, Zune, and BlackBerry stores. You can also stream episodes of Anomaly and Anomaly Supplemental at anomalypodcast.com. 
That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Just one one-hour episode provides 24 hours of relief and never leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Music by JewelBeat.com And now, this week's interview on Stories of the Magic. Claire Keane has a fascinating and impressive history, including a nearly royal animation lineage. Her father, Glenn Keane, was a renowned Disney artist, and a Disney legend, in fact, and her grandfather, Bill Keane, was the creator of the Family Circus Comics. She's an illustrator and visual development artist who, while working at the Walt Disney Animation Studios, contributed to the Disney films Enchanted, Tangled, Wreck-It Ralph, and Frozen. As a conceptual artist during the production of Tangled, Claire's work was perhaps most visible as the murals the character Rapunzel paints on the wall of her tower. Since leaving the Disney Studios, she's completed her debut picture book, The Beautiful and Sweet Once Upon a Cloud, which we'll be talking about in this interview. Let's not take any more time away from our guest of honor. So, Claire, welcome to Stories of the Magic. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk with you. It's my pleasure. So Now, I know this is one of the most common questions you get asked, but it still just seems like a good place for us to start. Mm -hmm. For the sake of listeners who may not know the term, what does a visual development artist do? So uh, a visual development artist is somebody who gets to design what the characters and environments might look like. And also, it's, it's, a, it's a really broad range of things that a visual development artist gets to do on a project. But we also, what I got to do a lot of was also kind of develop like how the character acts or thinks in their environment. That's what intrigues me the most about um, visual development work on an animated movie. Okay, so it's not just how things look, but how things look because of the way the characters are, because of who the characters are, and that's what influences the design. It's not just, well, we think that this background should be this color and kind of look like this. Yeah. I mean, for me, that's the way I approach it, just because I think that's just so much more interesting, and it, it just makes the all the vid- visuals so much more relevant to the story. Right. It feels like it makes it a world and not just backgrounds and settings and things. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Now, how did you begin working for Walt Disney Feature Animation? I went to school um, in a graphic design school where I, um, as my, for my thesis, I made a, a big illustration book. It was a big fairy tale book. And I was telling my dad at the time, I was like, I just, love doing all this research and development for this character and her environment. I just wish that I could like find a job where I'm like just doing that, just developing what my character would do and what she'd look like. Or And my dad who worked at Disney, he told me, but Claire, don't you understand? Don't you know that that exists? That's called a visual development artist. And he told me, you remember all the work that I did on on The Little Mermaid, where I was drawing Ariel, inspired after your mom, that was visual development. And when I was drawing our dog's feet for the beast and, and being inspired by lots of different things around me, um, that was all visual development that I was doing for Beauty and the Beast. I was like, oh, man, that's amazing. And how did I not know that that existed? And I knew that that existed in his world as an animator. I didn't realize 
that he was doing the job not only of an animator but also of a visual development artist. And then I realized, oh, there's there are people who are just dedicated to that, just living in this world of finding inspiration for the movies. Like that sounds like a dream job. <laughs> <laughs> so it must have been kind of a revelation and just like a, an exciting revelation to find out that there was a name for this thing you were doing and wanted yes. to do. Yeah, it was really weird. And um, and so I was like, well, I want to do that. And he said, well, I, I'm starting to develop um, Rapunzel. I said, oh, my gosh, well, I really want to work on that. And and soon they were um, starting to look for visual development artists, and I had my big fairy tale book, and I was able to get in there. Nice. So Tangled was your first project there then? Yep. Yeah, and I worked on it for a long time, maybe like seven years. Wow. Yeah. I knew that they took a long time, but I never really thought about how long the development process might be before the actual animation uh, you know, of the, the movie itself begins. Yeah. So. Well, it went through a lot of different iterations. True. I do remember reading some about some of the different uh, versions and approaches that they were taking. Which was really fun. That was really fun to go through all those iterations because every time they changed the story, then the character changed a little bit and I would get to redesign her dress. And I don't know, I just had a lot of fun every time there were changes. <laughs> so it sounds like you're not the kind of person where you do something and you have it all done and then they make changes and you have to go back to it. You're not the kind of person who's like, oh my goodness, I'm done with this. Do I really have to revisit? You're happy to go back and kind of rework and play in that area again. Yeah, I am. I mean, I'm sure that it would get to that point. It probably depends on the project. True. I mean, I was just in love with the project of Rapunzel. And actually, after Rapunzel finished, I remember, um, or Tangled, I remember cleaning out my office trying to get, into the next project that I was working on and I was having a really hard time with it. And and somebody had suggested just like go through your your office and just like take down all the Rapunzel stuff, um, all the reference boards and stuff like that and just like start anew. And so I went through and I was taking off all these Rapunzel reference things and I, I, I cried. I felt like I was saying goodbye to a friend. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bunch more that I would love to ask you about Tangled, but I want to make sure that we cover some other things too. So maybe sometime we can do this again and we can delve a little bit more into yeah. Rapunzel and Tangled. Whatever you want. In the meantime, this kind of kind of lead out of that. What was it like working with your dad on Tangled? I loved working with my dad. He's just one of the most inspiring and encouraging people. I am not alone in just loving working with my dad. There are a lot of people who love to work with him. So I don't know if it has to do with the fact that he's my dad, but I, I really get the feeling it's just the person he is. is just somebody who's really inspiring and very engaged in everything he's doing. And that makes work so much better. Oh yeah. It, whether it's your dad or not, like you say, yeah. to, be working with someone who brings that kind of environment and that kind of relationship uh, to the process and to the job is really special. Yeah. I'd actually love to interview him too. I'm hoping to be able to do that one day. Yeah. Now it, he's basically and on uh, Tangled, he was a character animator at this point, really. 
yeah. for the most part. I know it's not quite that pigeonhole, but basically character animator. Mm -hmm. So what's the relationship like between a visual development artist like you and the character animators, whether him or, or the other ones that worked on the other characters? Well, as a visual development artist, you supply inspiration for what, uh, what will come along down the line in the pipeline. If you, if you see the production of a movie like a pipeline, you've got your visual development artist um, who comes up with ideas, and then, and then you've got the storyboard artist who takes those ideas and they actually make them into scenes. And then you have your animators who take those scenes and storyboards and actually make them into moving characters that you see on screen. For example, on Rapunzel, I did a lot of exploration of what she was doing in her tower. And so I did all these sketches of her in her tower that were actually inspired by just what I was doing one week. And I took my sketchbook home with me and documented my life while I wasn't doing anything uh, because we had this big question of what, what does Rapunzel do at home? What does she do all day? And so I went home and I documented what I was doing and I translated that into Rapunzel's world. And after that, then, then those ideas were given to the story artist and then the story artist added on their ideas and then, and then that gets taken over to the animators, then make it into living, breathing character. Okay. Wow. So it sounds like it kind of starts with the character animators who come up with the basic look and kind of identify this is who this person is. Then it goes to you and you, know, you kind of really flesh out more of who that person is, what they do and all that kind of thing. And then as it goes through the process, it goes back sort of to the person who originally did it, but now is a more fleshed out, developed character that then becomes the character in the movie. Well, normally, no. Normally, it's, <laughs> okay. I mean, it depends. Um, maybe for a 2D animation movie, it would be like that because the 2D animators are designing the characters. But in CG animation, the character animators don't design the characters. Oh, okay. So the design happens more with the visual development artist. Gotcha. Okay. Well, thank you for clearing that up. I appreciate that. <laughs> now, after Tangled, you had a – well, during Tangled, you had a brief little break to work on one of my other favorite movies, Enchanted. Mm -hmm. uh, and then after Tangled was over, you worked on another little movie called Frozen. Yeah. Now, a few people may have heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to ask you one question about Frozen, really. I understand that part of what you did for it was the conceptualization of the relationship between Anna and Elsa. Yeah. How did you do that? Well, I really focused on the evolution of their, their relationship. Like, what would be putting them together and what creates a sisterly bond? And then trying to, to develop and what would tear that bond apart if one of them starts becoming really isolated how would that affect the other girl and just really really developing that evolution of their personalities okay and i've seen some of the sketch work that you did through that process on your website mm -hmm. which is really interesting it provides some really interesting insight into how that came about and looking at the different stages is you know through that yeah, yeah. Frozen had a lot of different storylines, too, before <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what it was. <laughs> yeah. As somebody who works more with words than mm -hmm. pictures, uh, it's really interesting to me f to hear you talk about how you did this in a visual 
medium as opposed to it was, the, you know, I wrote this series of scenes or something mm, like that, but yeah. you know, just visualizing how that happened. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. The, the correlations between words and the, and images and in the end, it really is uh, just creative ideas and, and how you communicate. Right. Speaking of the correlation of words and images, uh, your thesis project was a fairy tale book. That yes. book became your portfolio when you applied at Disney. Yeah. And then some of that work on Tangled, that the fairy tale book got, kind of got you the job for, then inspired your new book, Once Upon a Cloud, with some other detours along the way and other things. Yeah, I guess you could say that it was inspired. I mean, it's a completely different story. Sure. But my work on Tangled was very inspirational to my new book, actually. Well, let's talk about your book. Okay. Ready for that. It's currently available on Amazon. I know I've seen it there. Yeah, everywhere, actually. I assume it's in physical bookstores too, right? Yeah, this month it is the book of the month at Barnes & Noble. Yes, I saw that on your website. Congratulations on that. Thanks. That's fantastic. I think it was also Barnes & Noble that had named it one of the 25 books for kids this year's or something along those lines? Well, BuzzFeed uh, put out something like that. and then That was it. Yeah, and then they also, then Barnes & Noble wrote a wonderful article about it. I've been really happy about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so what's it about? So it's about a little girl who goes up, who's looking for a gift for her mom, and she um, she gets transported to the sky and where she meets the sun, the stars, and the moon. And through her experience with each of the characters, she she finds inspiration for what the gift for her mom will be. And the idea came to me, I just had a baby, Matisse, my daughter, and she wasn't sleeping. So I was thinking about sleep all the time and I was reading about it a lot. And, and I read Carl Jung's book, Man and His Symbols, which is all about dreams and the importance that dreams have in our waking life. And I read about Oh, so many inventions and solutions to problems from throughout history have been solved through dreams. And it was just fascinating to me. And, and I realized just how important dreams are and how much, how important sleep is. And, and it's like one of those things that we just throw away so much. I remember when I was trying to work and I had the baby, I was just thinking like, do I need to be sleeping for eight hours every day? Really? And then when I read that, I realized, wow, sleep and dreams are really important. And you can actually get more done when you sleep and you dream than if you're not. And so I just started thinking to myself, how can I pass on this message to my daughter that so much is possible for her if she would just let herself go and let herself dream? Mm-hmm. So I was at the same time painting these murals for Tangled and Rapunzel's paintings on her walls in the movie. And I thought that it was fitting that the paintings around her bed represent her dreams. And so I started painting this image of Rapunzel floating through a night sky in her bed. And and when I painted it, it just called to me. And I wanted to see where she was going and who was she going to meet and what she was going to do. And I had this like aha moment. Oh, what if I made a book? What if I wrote a book about a girl 
who flies through her dream world. And there in her dream world, she finds a solution to her problems or a solution to a problem. And uh, that's how Once in a Pot Cloud came about. Wonderful. It sounds like a great uh, story and a great reason for the story to communicate this message to your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> she still doesn't want to go to sleep, but... <laughs> of course not. <laughs> that's called being a kid. But <laughs> yeah. But has creating this book changed or influenced the way that you look at the world? It sounds like it did in some ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it has. It's funny because the whole process was so much like the process that Celeste, my character in the book, goes through in the book. Um, in the book, Celeste is looking for a gift and she's thinking about it all day and you kind of see her like thinking about it throughout her day. She's thinking about it right before she goes to bed, and then the wind comes in, and he takes her up to the sky, and and she meets each character, and she has a moment with each character, and each character, the the sun, the stars, and the moon, they inspire her eventually with what is going to be the gift that she gives to her mom. And when I was trying to come up with the idea for the book, I knew that I wanted it to be about this little girl who has a question and she needs to find the answer or a problem and she needs to find the solution. I didn't know, was it like a creative problem? Was it a painting or something? And so I, I was going around to all of my family and friends, um, just like Celeste was going around to all the, these celestial beings and each one would give me little snippets of inspiration. And then finally it just all kind of came together at the end. And there was like this aha moment and in the book there's this moment where she sees the the field of flowers which actually is the the gift that she gives to her mother is a bouquet of flowers and that aha moment is what I really wanted to capture that moment when you realize that you just found a solution to your problem right right very nice now I have one last question for you before I give you a chance to tell people where they can find you uh, online and things. A lot of people listening, speaking of dreams, I know that they have their own dreams. Maybe it's to be a Disney artist or to write a book. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's something else entirely, but they're afraid. Or maybe they've even forgotten that they had a dream once. Yeah. What advice do you have for that person? My advice to anybody who's pursuing anything would be to really follow your your passion. I really believe that our desires and the things that we like are there for us to guide us through life. And when you do the things that you, you love and are passionate about, that's where you find yourself. And that's where you find who you're meant to be. Not only are you going to be inspired, but you're also going to be inspiring to others. That's an excellent point. That's really good advice. Thank you. Yeah. Now, last, but certainly not least here, this is what we call shameless plug time here on the show. Uh, where can people go to find out more about you and your book? Well, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, either as Claire Keen or Claire on a Cloud. And I'm, I also have my website, which is ClaireOnACloud.com. Okay, great. And I will put links to all of that in the show notes so that people can find you too. Okay. So they can get it in the audio and they can go to the show notes and click right through for it. Thank you so much for your time. Good luck on the 
the new book. I hope that it's incredibly successful. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciated you taking your time, and I hope that we get to talk again sometime and get into more details on some of these things. Yeah, good luck with your your new baby. Do you know if it's a girl or a boy? It is a girl. A girl, wow. Yeah. How wonderful. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. And thank you for sharing your gifts and your talents and your heart with us through these different mediums. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. That brings us to the end of this week's show. A special thank you to Claire Keene for being my guest and to you for listening. I'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Choose from titles like my book, Faith and the Magic Kingdom. You can pick that one or any of the 150,000 plus audiobooks as your free trial, and it's yours to keep whether you choose to continue your membership or not. To download your free audiobook today, go to storiesofthemagic.com audible. Again, that's storiesofthemagic.com audible for your free audiobook. If you're currently doing something because of your love for Disney, whether you've written a book, created a website, or you're blogging, writing, or performing music, whatever it might be, and you want to tell people about it and why it matters to you, I want to hear from you. I also want to talk to and hear from people who've worked for Disney. And if you're a Disney guest of any Disney experience, and you'd like to express some gratitude or give a compliment, I'd love to hear from you, too. For any of these, email me at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY and tell me about your experience. Subscribe to Stories of the Magic in iTunes, the Xbox Music Store, on the website, or you can hear Stories of the Magic while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. If you like the show, please rate and review Stories of the Magic in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever else you listen to the show and can rate it. In fact, I'd like to thank Julie for the um, five-star review that she posted just recently. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, visit storiesofthemagic.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this or any episode. While you're there, check out the show notes for useful links from each episode, too. Like in this one, I link directly to the Amazon page for Once Upon a Cloud. And remember, as I said before, if you're interested in hearing more from Claire, please let us know, and we'll see what we can do about scheduling an interview to follow up on this one. And you can do that on the show notes for this episode, or on Facebook or Twitter. While you're there, you can like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash stories of the magic. Follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash stories of magic, or pin it on Pinterest. Just tell your friends about the show, any way you choose. Keep letting others know that you're listening so they can join in the magic, too. It's probably going to be a little while before I'm back with you, but I will be back looking forward to episode 85. In the meantime, thank you for joining me for this episode of Stories of the Magic. There will be other days and other stories, but this tale is finished. You've been listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane. If you have feedback, want to share a story of your own, or even be a guest on the show, write to Randy at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call our listener feedback line, 734-23-STORY. And don't forget to visit the website, storiesofthemagic.com for show notes from this and every episode and to leave your comments. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, live your dreams and make the magic in your world.